Yo, what's up? I'm Jay, and you're listening to The Gridiron. Welcome back, welcome back. I'm so glad it's that time of the year. I don't know about y'all. Finally got to watch a host of football games, man, and really get to sit down and now give my critique on what I think and what I saw. But first things first, let's talk about them Saints versus the Texans, their first preseason game, man. I can't lie to you. That first team that first team defense looked exactly how I thought it would. Um, first team offense also impressed, went straight down, um, scored a touchdown. Andy Dalton looked really good, feel real good about him being a backup. If for whatever reason something was to happen to James, feel real good about that, man. Uh, ending score. 17-13, Texans win. Um, we'll get into that later. Let's just look at the stats. Total yards, the Saints had 269 total yards, 140 passing yards, 129 rushing yards, and the average four yard, well, 3.9 yards to play. We had 21st downs. We were 6-14 on third down. Uh, we didn't have no four down, fourth down attempts. We had 69 total plays. Um, on the Texan side, they had 275 total yards, uh, 176 passing yards, 99 rushing yards, and they averaged 5.1 yards a play. They had 14 first downs. They went 3 or 12 on third down. They didn't attempt any fourth downs, and they had 54 total plays. Uh, the Saints allowed five sacks. Um, we punted six times. We had six penalties, meaning the Saints for 54 yards, two fumbles lost, one interception thrown, um, 34 minutes and 53 seconds time of possession. Saints way, uh, believe it or not, the Texans only allowed one sack, punted six times, had 11 penalties for 99 yards, uh, no fumbles lost, and they threw three interceptions. So in the end, well, let's continue on with the, with the stats, shall we? Um, the Saints went with Ian Book for most of the way after Andy Dalton went 5 of 5 for 51 yards and a touchdown capping it off with a touchdown um, in that one series Andy Dalton went for the rest of the game basically went a grand total of 15 to 22 for 121 yards and an interception now I'm going to be real let's talk about Andy Dalton for a second it's ironic that previous, like prior to this game, maybe when that game, when when the Saints played the, the Texans, I think the day before, me and D was talking, and and shout out to D, he said I feel good about Andy Dalton, um, and I kind of was like, yeah, I kind of, I don't know about Andy being the starter. I don't really want Andy to be the starter for for a prolonged period of, of the season, but I can see, I definitely, Andy definitely is way better than anything we had last year that wasn't Jameis Winston, for sure. Uh, and I don't think Andy Dalton will lose you, lose you any games, but Andy Dalton came in there and looked really good to me. Uh, make me real, make me feel real good. Saints fans should feel real good after what they saw. Uh, I know any, I know, first preseason game you can't really really read too much into it but given for what you saw in the limited snaps you gotta say one thing for sure the first team defense and first team offense looked it really in sync um crisp uh straight to the point no no bull no bullshitting around you know they look good man um but let's talk about ian book because i had just took up for ian book um before this game, and if you look at the, if you look at the numbers, like I said, the numbers kind of lied on this one right here. I don't know what it was about Ian. Um, seemed that he just, I don't know. I can't see that the lights was too big, or he was nervous, or what's going on. But man, it seemed like he fumbled two snaps, uh, bad throws, holding on. I, like it just seemed like he couldn't get it together. 
What I could see is he did the one bright spot that he had of the night of the game, in my opinion, was the throw in the end zone to Traquan Smith, and Traquan just flat out dropped it. Um, other than that, Ian kind of kind of had had left a left a bad taste in my mouth from that performance. Uh, and judging from the joint practices with the Packers, I'm hearing he's not looking all that all that well in the joint practices neither. Um, I just don't know about Ian, man. I don't know. I thought I thought he would perform way better way better um, in this preseason, and and, and so far it just ha- hasn't happened. Um, let's take a look at the rushing for the Saints. Abram Smith led the way with seven carries for thirty yards, four point three. Average, basically he he averaged four point three yards uh, a carry. Um, Tony Jones Jr. seven carries for twenty seven yards, three point nine. Uh, Aze Azebo had eight carries for twenty six yards with three point two car- uh, yards a carry. Uh, Ian Book also carried the ball four times for twenty two yards, and he averaged basically five point five yards a carry. Washington had nine carries for nineteen yards for two point one. Um, what I can see, uh, just looking, if you just look at it, uh, Abram would have had the the most impressive night, um, being that he had the best the best yards per carry. Uh, Washington looked really good in the passing game for sure, um, but the I think the fumble on the goal line really, really, really kind of hurt Abram Smith a little bit. But definitely think he has some potential. Um, I think he's definitely fighting Tony Jones Jr. and Azebo for the spot, the backup spot to, uh, to I guess, Mark Ingram um, for the third running back slot. Uh, so that's going to be something to continue to watch for for the rest of the season. Um, let's look at the, rece- the receiving yards. Dixon led the Saints. With three receptions for 33 yards, he averaged 11 yards a catch. Kawan Baker had two catches for 31 yards on 15 and a half yards a catch. Callaway had one for 19. Dwayne Washington did all his damage on the first drive with three catches for 18 yards and a touchdown. Traquan had one catch for 15. Tony Jones Jr. had one catch for 13. Aesop Winston, who was released and signed. Uh, I forget who just signed them. I want to say, did the Browns just sign Aesop? Yeah, I believe the Browns just signed Aesop Winston. Um, had one catch for 12 yards. Um, the thing about that is, I think all of a sudden our wide receiver room just got crowded. And where they was using Aesop Winston last year was in the return game. And I'm having a, I'm, I have quite the feeling that it's going to be uh, Deontay Hardy in the return game more this year, handling that. Uh, rookie first-round pick Chris Olave also had one catch for four yards. Adam Troutman had one catch for four yards. Ian Book also had one. Man, this man had one catch for negative two yards. If you're wondering how that's possible, that's because he threw a ball so low. It got deflected right back into his face. He caught it, and he got tackled immediately. <laughs> I'm not making this stuff up. Um... Let's take a look at the defense, man. You know what I'm saying? Let's take a look at that defense. A couple of players uh, that need to be acknowledged on the defensive side for sure. Uh, Hassan had four tackles and one assist. Also had a pretty impressive interceptions. One of the one of the three interceptions we have on the night. Um, Sewell had four tackles and two assists. JT Gray had three tackles and two assists. Shai Tuttle with the with three tackles and one assist. Sorensen had three tackles. Street had two tackles and one assist. Uh, Justin Evans had two tackles and one of the three interceptions of the night. Um, let's take a look at it. And I believe the other guy was Allen, who had the interception. Um, made an amazing interception. You know, I think it was a, a few series before, a few series before, and in the end, it was part of the reason of giving up the, the lead, giving up the big play that led to us giving up the lead. Um, 
well, I'm gonna say it's a, it was a combined effort of him, of Abram Smith and Allen giving up the play at the end for us just completely just collapsing. Um, Allen was playing man to man, and then all of a sudden, in the words of Jonathan Feldman, he just decided he didn't want to play man to man anymore. Um, and those are the things. That's the difference, especially at this point. Um, difference between you making you making a team and getting cut, man. You know, he made an amazing interception just a couple of plays before. And right after that, uh, gives up the game-winning touchdown. Or get one of the, the, the play that led to the game-winning touchdown, shall I say. Uh, overall, I must say it's preseason. This is what this is about, man. I'm just happy that it, we back. We back in the uh, mix. Everybody came out of the game healthy, from my knowledge. Uh, also, update on Jameis Winston. He's been limited at practice in the joint practices with the Packers. Um, so, that's definitely a good sign. Definitely still don't expect him to play much um, Friday versus the Packers. Look for him to maybe get some action going into the third preseason game, third and final preseason game. Um, but... For right now, that's all. That's all we're gonna talk about as far as with the Saints and Texans preseason game. Um, let's take a look around the NFC South. Take a look at some of these other teams. Um, the Buccaneers actually faced off versus the Dolphins, where the Dolphins won that 26 to 24. Let's take a look at the Dolphins stats. Total yards: the Dolphins had 242 total yards. 193 passing yards, 49 rushing yards, and they averaged 5.4 yards per play. They had 12 first downs, went 2 of 10 on third down, basically 20%. They didn't go for any fourth downs and had 45 overall plays. How in the hell did they beat these people? So the Buccaneers had 389 total yards, 301 passing yards, 88 rushing yards. They basically averaged 5.5 yards a play, had 22 first downs. Went 6-13 on third down, 1-1 on fourth down, and had 71 total plays. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I watched a little bit of this game. And let's look at, let's just look at how the scores went. Tampa Bay, it was 7-3 in the first quarter. Then in the second quarter, 17-7 Miami way. Basically, that busted open. Tampa turned around and scored 10 points in the third to Miami's three. And Miami scored three points in the fourth quarter to Tampa's net. And there you go. Um, definitely more to that. I didn't finish watching that game all the way. So I'm pretty sure it's more because there ain't no way in the hell. Anyway, anytime you look at the stats, so you look at the, the total yards, the Buccaneers basically outgained them people by what? 142, 146 yards, somewhere up in there. Somewhere up in there, basically doubled them up. They had 10 more first downs than these people. Four more, converted four more third downs, converted a fourth down, and basically had, what, 16 more plays, and they lost. But you know what? If you turn the page and you get to looking at the at, at what happened, the Buccaneers had four penalties for 34 yards. They lost the fumble, and they threw an interception. And you look on the other side, you look at the Dolphins, they had two penalties for 10 yards. They had zero fumbles, zero interceptions. That's your story right there. That's your story right there in a nutshell. Um, let's take a look at some of these quarterbacks um, for the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, Kyle Trask went 25 or 33 for 258 passing yards, had one touchdown and an interception. Blaine Gabbert went 5 or 5 for 56 yards and a touchdown. Um, the running backs for the Buccaneers, White had seven carries for 32 yards, average 4.6 yards a carry. Vaughn had 10 carries for 19 yards and basically averaged two yards with 1.9 yards a carry and one touchdown. Giovanni Bernard had seven carries for 19 for 2.7 yards a carry. And Bonner had seven carries for 18 yards for 2.6. Um, you can expect Leonard Fournette to get a heavy dosage of that, of, of the carries. Um, and Bernard coming in, I guess, as a third number back, if I had to guess. 
Um, but I think they really do like to do white, so I believe he has a chance. Let's take a look at the Buccaneers receiving. Um, Johnson went 6-73, had six receptions for 73 yards on 12, basically average 12 yards a catch. Giger, a Geiger, four catches for 52 yards for 13 uh, yards a catch. Stearns had four for 51 and a touchdown. Um, Darden, I believe Darden went to LSU, had one catch for 23 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I believe Darden is the is the uh, track guy. I do super fast, man. Um, as you can see from the, the one catch, 23 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so definitely got to watch out for him. Uh, on defense, let's see what let's see what the Buccaneers did. Uh, a guy named Gill had four tackles and one sack. Not bad. Aaron Nelson's had two tackles for one sack. Uh, what's this guy named? Pete O'Connor had one tackle for one sack. Also, ain't nobody. Yep. That, I don't know what I'm looking for because nobody turned the ball over. So, they didn't get any turnovers. So, I don't know if that's an indictment on. I don't know if that's an indictment on the, the Buccaneers defense or the Dolphins just can control the ball and take care of the ball. Let's take a look at the Dolphins. Thompson at quarterback for the Dolphins went 20 of 28 for 218 yards and a touchdown. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Uh, if he if he don't get a if he haven't see this is the good thing about the preseason. If he haven't impressed the Dolphins enough to solidify him a spot. Um, there's 31 other teams that have a tape on him. Um, so he has to be feeling good. Definitely have to be feeling good after that game. Like I said, 20-28, 218 yards and a touchdown is impressive. Uh, Gaskin had four carries for 27 yards. He averaged seven yards a carry. Uh, Thompson had three, car- three carries for 25 yards. He averaged eight yards a carry. Um, and that's pretty much all they did on the ground on the ground as far as the Dolphins. Um, let's take a look in the receiving category for the Dolphins. The Dolphins went as far as receiving. Their leading receiver was Bowden Jr., who had three receptions for 55 yards, averaging 18 yards a catch for a touchdown. Sanu, uh, Saints fan, I know y'all remember him from the Falcons and um, former Patriots. Uh, had three catches for 39 yards, averaging 13 yards a catch. Uh, Sherfield had one catch for 33 yards. Um, Cedric Wilson, former Cowboy, had three catches for, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, three catches for 29 yards, averaging 10 yards a catch. Connor had three catches for 25 yards. On defense, Ross led the team with seven tackles. Uh, followed by McKinley the third with six tackles. Um, Campbell had an interception. Hodge had a sack, one tackle for a sack. Uh, Campbell had two tackles and assist and an interception. And yep, that's pretty much all the Dolphins did. Oh, hold on, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's pretty much all the Dolphins did on that front. Um, Definitely hoping. Obviously, Tom Brady didn't play in that game. This is just preseason, but definitely hoping that uh, the Buccaneers continue to look and play sloppy moving forward. Uh, I can think. I think we all can agree that you take the few plays that the Saints had. Uh, nah, hell no. Nah. Hell no. Out of all of the... I'm going to keep it real. I got to keep it real, y'all. Y'all know this is what we do. I think Ian Book probably looked the worst. Out of, now, we st- we going we gonna to review all the evidence. We going to review all the evidence, but definitely to this point, I think Ian Book was the worst uh, in the NFC South. Anyway, of the quarterbacks in the NFC South that played, I think Ian Book was definitely the worst. Got to call a speed a speed. Now, we're going to keep reviewing the evidence, but yeah. Um, let's take a look at the Stinking Falcons, who defeated the Detroit Lions 27-23. to um, The Falcons 
had 307 total yards, 139 passing yards, 168 rushing yards, and they averaged 5.8 yards a play. They had 18 first downs, went three of ten on third down, got one went for one time on fourth down, got it, had 53 total plays. Golly. Um they didn't allow any sacks. They punted four times, had five penalties for 34 yards, no turnovers. 26 minutes and 10 seconds of time possession. Let's take a look at the Lions, shall we? The Lions had 393 total yards, 292 passing yards, 101 rushing yards, and they averaged 5.1 yards a play. The Lions had 26 first downs, went 8 of 15 on third down, and went 2 of 2 on fourth down. For a grand total of 77 total plays. The Lions allowed one sack. They punted one time. And they had four penalties. For 35 yards. They fumbled the ball one time. They threw an interception. One time. They had the ball for a grand total of 33 minutes and 50 seconds. Now. As said previous. In the previous game. You know. If you look at all of that. You'll be like. How the hell up the Lions lost that game? Well. They turned the ball over. They, they turned the ball over twice, and the Falcons didn't. Um, there you go, in a nutshell. Let's take a look at the Lions, what the Lions did um, offensively. Let's look at their quarterbacks. Blau went 18-28 for 141 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Ball went 9-16 of 16 for 111 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Golf went 3-4 of four for 47 yards. Blau had four rushing yards. I mean, I said four. Four carries for 22 yards. He averaged 5.5 yards a carry. Swift had four carries for 20 yards. Averaged five yards a carry. And had one tutty. Jefferson had nine carries for 19 yards. Averaged 2.1 yards a carry. You did. Uh, Take a look at this. Receiving. Kennedy led the team for the Lions with eight receptions for 104 yards. Um. Average 13 yards a carry. I mean, a catch. I'm sorry. Raymond, second up in receiving, had two catches for 52 yards. Average 26 yards a catch. St. Brown had two catches for 29 yards. Average 14 and a half yards a catch. Devin Funches had four catches for 19 19 yards. He averaged 4.8 yards a catch and one touchdown. If y'all remember that boy Marshawn Lattimore and um. I forget my other boy that used to be over there. Man, they took turns regularly shutting that man down when he was with the Panthers. I forget my dog that used to be on the other side shutting him down. But pretty much everybody shut that man down. Uh, let's take a look at the defense, see what the defense did, anything spectacular, anything that stood out. Um, leading tackler was... Yeah, I'm sorry, everyone thing. Leading tackler was uh, K. Joseph with five tackles. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, led the team with five tackles. And that's pretty much all they did. Um, let's take a look at the Falcons. Shall we? Of them stinking Falcons. Ritter had got the start. Well, I ain't gonna say the start. But Ritter went 10 to 22 for 103 passing yards, two touchdowns. Marcus Mariota went two for two for 36 yards. Um, Ritter had six carries for 59 yards and 10. He averaged 10 yards a carry. Allison had five carries for 33 yards, averaging 6.6 yards a carry. Mariota had three carries for three for 23 yards, and he got a touchdown. Now, I'm going to tell y'all something. Falcons fans, Dirty Bear fans, uh, Ritter and Mariota come, we play, we see y'all, we see y'all week one. If them boys come out there with their running shit, trying to play like that, uh, you're going to be looking for another quarterback real soon. Real soon. I'm going to just say that. I'm going to leave it like that. Um, and receiving their first round pick led the team. Um, and receiving Drake London had one catch for 24 yards. Bernhardt had one catch for 21 yards and a touchdown. Um, P. Hesse 
had one catch for one yard. He averaged one yard and he caught a touchdown. Boy, that boy, that boy is going. He, he going places in life for sure. Um, on defense, Alfred actually had six t- tackles and a two assists for an interception. Um, led the team. I'm sorry. Brailford had two tackles, one assist, and a half a sack. It always kills me how they hand out half a sack. So easy, easy, easy. The dude sacked him, and he didn't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and the other person who got credit for one assist and a half a sack was Dalton. Uh, and that's pretty much all the, the Falcons did. But once again, I can't wait to see them boys week one, man. See what London and whoever starting that quarterback, how that's going to look. Let's take a look at the Panthers and the um, Commanders, where the Panthers won the game 23-21. to Walker got the, got the nine, um, 10 completions for nine, I'm saying 10 of 19, um, completed 10 passes for 136 yards. Baker Mayfield went 4-7 for 45 yards. Sam Donald went 2-3, 16 yards, one touchdown. Matt Corral went 1-9 for 11 yards. Russian, Brown had 10 carries for 36 yards, average 3.6 yards, a whop. Got one tutty. Um, Lovett got five carries for 16 yards. Walker had two carries for 12 yards. Um, Chuba Hubbard got four carries for 11 yards. I'm almost quite certain um, for the Panthers is going to be Christian McCaffrey, C-Mac, and Chuba Hubbard getting a regular right there. Leading them in receiving is, is right. Had three catches for 46 yards. He averaged 15 yards a catch. Kirk Wood had three catches for 38 yards. He averaged 12.7 yards a catch. Um, Rashard Higgins also had three catches for 22 yards, 7.3 yards a catch, and one touchdown. On defense, Hayes led the team with five tackles. Hoskins had two tackles, two assists, and one sack. You did. Dawson had two tackles, two assists, and one interception. Jordan had one tackle and one sack. And I believe here we go with the half sack. Panasco, I don't know how to say this man's name. Panasco had a half a sack and two assists. Uh, there they go with the half assist thing again. I'm assuming, I'm assuming somebody else got the other half, right? Uh, Bada had two tackles, two assists, and a half a sack. Reeves had two tackles, uh, assist, and a sack. It was a sack party over there, wasn't it? Wise had one tackle and one sack. And that's pretty much what happened on that front. Total yards, the Panthers had 288 total yards. 195 passing yards, 93 rushing yards, the average 4.1 yards per play, 21st downs, went 11 of 18 on third down, went for it one time on fourth down, didn't get it, 71 total plays. The Commanders had 350 total yards with 229 passing yards, 121 rushing yards, and the average 5.3 yards per play. They also had 23 first downs, went 8 of 14 on third down, 2 of 2 on fourth down, and had 66 total plays. Commanders. But yet, in some type of way, they still lost the game. Same old story. Um, The Panthers didn't turn the ball over. The Commanders fumbled the ball once, and they threw an interception. Had six penalties for 45 yards. Allowed two sacks, punted three times. Same move, same move. You feel me? Carson Wentz for the commander was, went 10 of 13 for 74 yards. Howell went 9 of 16 for 145 yards. And Heineke went 4 of 9 for 21 yards and one pick. Williams for the commanders went 5 for 31 and averaged 6.2 yards per carry. Robinson carried the ball six times for 26 yards, 4.3 yards a carry. 
for one touchdown. How rushed the ball three times for 19 yards for 6.3 a carry for two touchdowns. Um, kind of make you think. Had he not, had he not turned the ball over that that many times, how that would have turned out. Erickson led the team with two receptions for 56 yards, averaging 28 yards a a catch. Milne had two catches for 30 30 yards and averaged 15 yards a catch. McGowan had one catch for 27 yards. And that's your weekly stats. As far as with the preseason, we're going to take a quick little break, man. Y'all don't go nowhere. Stay tuned. Yo, welcome back. Welcome back. We're going to continue on talking about the gridiron. I'm going to talk a little bit about Jameis Winston and Chris Olave expectations moving forward. Uh, I think when I said Jameis was going to have a big year, I think people didn't really understand what I was saying. So they took it as it being a, a bold statement or a big statement. When in actuality, I don't think um, that's all really that big of a statement when you look at this man's career accolades up to the point and what he was able to do last year with the wide receiver core that was depleted. You know what I'm saying? Is it that far-fetched of a, of a thing to say when you're getting the likes of a Michael Thomas uh, first-round draft pick, Chris Olave? You know, then you throw in Jarvis Landry, Traquan Smith and you still bring back the guys you had last year man I think um if he's healthy yeah um I believe Jameis is going to get anywhere between 4,100 yards um and 4,500 yards this year if he's healthy um so in me saying that you know uh I was talking with my boy D you know what I'm saying uh and I was telling him I believe Michael Thomas is going to get a thousand, and Olave is going to get around somewhere around seven fifty, eight fifty receiving yards. And he was like, "That was a big statement." And I'm like, "Not really." If you think about what I've said from the beginning, I'm I'm predicting that James is going to go for somewhere around four thousand one hundred yards to four thousand five hundred yards. He got to be throwing them yards to somebody. You know what I'm saying? So if anything, I'm actually being half-hearted there when I'm saying that. Because if, if, if just say for instance, let's add this up right quick. Just say Michael Thomas go for 1,200. Olavi go for the 850. I said, um, just say, we're going to just round it up a little bit here. Um, say that's 2,000, 2,050. He still, Jameis Winston still got him 2,000 more yards to throw to somebody. I don't know that, Jar- I don't know that Jarvis is going to get 1,000. I believe Jar- Jarvis is going to have a pretty good year um, in the slot. And I'm predicting he's going to get somewhere b- between 700-something yards and stuff, too. Um, but I just think it's all going to be spreaded out pretty good. Uh, so I don't think that's that big of a statement saying Olave in Chris, well, Chris Olave and Michael Thomas is going to have 850 receiving yards and Michael Thomas is going to have 1,200. Actually, if anything, I should be saying they're both, both going to go for 1,000. Um, and I do believe that's possible. Um, when you look at the kid, Chris Olave, I've played close attention to him since we drafted him. Actually, this goes back to 2019 when I first laid eyes on him. Um, I actually, the reason being, what caught my eye was, you know, that's when LSU was on the road. We had Jamar Chase. We had Justin Jefferson. We had Terrence Marshall. We had uh, Thaddeus Moss uh, and all those guys. So I used to compare our offense to the Ohio State offense. And I used to say why our offense was better. Um, And I used to try to find uh, 
the numbers, com- comparable comps on speed and things of that nature between Jamar Chase and Olave. And what I come to find out was the dude was pretty good. Uh, we never played him. Uh, lucky, for, lucky for them at that time. But uh, I, I always compared Olave to Justin Jefferson. When you look at Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, about 6'1", um, 203 pounds, and I believe he ran the 40, and I think his 40 time was 4'4", four, 4'3", four, or something like that. Uh, shout out to D, information check. Um, and Chris Olave, I believe, initially ran a 4'2", people thought. Um, they corrected it, and it was a 4'3", Either way, but go do fast, but I compare um, Justin Jefferson's first season, and I look and say, man, I believe Chris Olave might be able to emulate something, something of that nature. And you'd be like, well, how is that possible? Well, you, well, when you think about it, let's think about it for a second. Justin Jefferson was playing on a team that was led by Adam Thielen, also with a running back named Dalvin Cook. So he got a, you got a ball dominant running back. And you got a, a number one wide receiver in Adam Thielen. Um, some type of way, you know what I'm saying? When you good, you good, man. You make stuff shake. So I'm looking at, first of all, Michael Thomas is better than Thielen. But Adam Thielen ain't no slouch. But you see, it's the same thing. You know, we got a number one over there. We looking for a number two. We got a pretty good to excellent the GOAT probably in um in DeMario Davis DeMario Davis own words. You know what I'm saying? He played a, he played the best running back in practice every day. So uh when you look at it like that, the the role Justin Jefferson was able to carve out with the Vikings, um, I believe Chris Olave would be able to emulate that. Uh and people were like, well, let me ask you something. Would you take Jameis Winston over Kirk Cousins? Or would you say Kirk Cousins is better than Jameis Winston? People say, oh, well, he had a pretty good year last year. He did. But you look at the season Jameis was having before he got injured. I don't think anyone in their right damn mind will argue that Kirk Cousins is more talented than Jameis Winston. Only thing people always bring up is the 30 interceptions. I don't hear about the Heisman Award. I don't hear about the Pro Bowl. I don't hell. I don't even hear about the thirty touchdowns he threw that year, and I don't hear about the five thousand yards he threw for in one season. I don't hear about all I hear is the negative stuff. So yes, I do believe with the weapons, um, Jameis Winston can emulate some of what, if not better, what Kirk Cousins has done. When people break it down, uh, I don't know about how it's going to look without Sean Payton. Who that nation? Those who who watched the game. First, let me address the people who watched the game. Y'all seen how that saw? Y'all seen how that first drive looked? Did it look? Did it look bad? Nah, it didn't look bad. It looked pretty good. Just imagine James being in there. Now, for those who didn't see the game. I'm talking about the game, the preseason game versus the Texans. The first drive was on point. Now, for those who remember the season where Sean Payton was suspended and Pete Carmichael took over, offense was excellent. The offense was excellent. You would have thought Sean Payton was over there calling them plays, man. So, as far as with the, the you don't know how it's going to look, man, knock it off. Knock it off. You know what I'm saying? I think I think the play calling and everything gonna be the same. The thing that can't change as far as with the Saints is the culture. That's what can't change. The play calling, the players and all of that. Man, look, the culture can't change. All of that other stuff can change, but the culture can't change. That's what is gonna keep keep, you know, that's what the cowboys don't have. You feel me? That's why they. That's why they. They've. They've failed to. Their culture is to be 
popular to be the to you know the, to be the brain of the Cowboys to be America's team. Their their, their culture isn't actually winning. We want to win. Um, but back to Jameis Winston, I do believe Jameis Winston. I actually, man, look, and I said this. I think Jameis is going to be the best quarterback in the NFC um, if healthy. I do believe he's a, he's going to be in it. He should be in it um, to win the MVP. He should be in it. Not saying he's going to win it, but he should be in it. If everything go right according to how I see it, not just being a fan, um, Jameis should be, be in it. Olave should be in it to be rookie of the year. When I look at the build, first of all, I look at the build of Olave and I look at Justin Jefferson. Um, Justin Jefferson is just a little bit smaller, uh, but he's a little bit quicker. I believe he's a a little bit more mature than Justin Jefferson was when he came out. Um, I don't think people realize, man, Olave is already 22 years old. So, uh, dude already know what the... It's something about dealing with, like, older cats coming out of school, you know what I'm saying, versus dealing with teenagers that just had a couple of years, you know what I'm saying? I Like, this right here, I'm telling you for a fact, I was playing with my boy D, and I told him, I said, man, you know, if we got drafted... He would be Drake London for the Falcons, and I would be Olave. And you know, he laughed like, "Yeah, you're right. You know, I'd be a high pick." I was like, "Yeah," but the people would be thinking in the long run, like, "Man, what the hell was the Falcons thinking, taking Drake London?" I mean, no disrespect to Drake London, man. I just look at his accolades and I look at them type of dudes. You know what I'm saying? Didn't didn't really put in that much work. You know, people just look at his frame and. You know, and just get to comparing them to Calvin Johnson and the Julio. I don't think, I don't think Drake London is a, a Julio or Calvin Johnson caliber type player. Me, frankly, just looking, even looking back in college and stuff, he like, I think people are so quick to throw and thrust um, these labels out here on these players. And I think in a couple of years, we'll look back. I don't think, I'm not going to say he's, he. He's going to suck, but I think we're going to look back and be like, he wasn't worthy of that high of a pick. I do believe Olave will have a better career in the long run than Drake London. We can look back on this in a, in a few years and see if I was right, but I, I believe Olave will have a better career than um, Drake London. And whether that be from the quarterback situation, and I think even if he goes somewhere else, he might find better success. It's a, you know, especially playing against the Saints. But uh, maybe if he goes somewhere else, he might find better success with another quarterback. But even even, even if that happens, even if Olave moves on, I still believe Olave will have the better career. Uh, we cross our fingers and hope that ain't happening. But <laughs> I definitely see Olave having a great career. Um I definitely see him having a great season this year and competing for offensive rookie of the year, along with, you know what I'm saying, uh, Jameis competing and being in the, the conversation for people want to say comeback player of the year. Uh, I think he, I think he definitely could win that. I think he's actually right now the odds are for him. I think he's the in second. To be the the odds are he has the second best odds to win comeback player of the year. So that should tell you Vegas believes Jameis Winston is definitely in for a good year, um, especially if especially if AK41 Alvin Alvin Kamara, who has his own cereal. Man, I walked in Rouse's the other day and looked on looking for my cereal and all of that. And I'm like, man, what the hell kind of cereal is it? Alvin Kamara, man. I ain't going to lie. I got some. Them joints was good, too. I ain't going to Shout out to AK-41, Alvin Kamara. You feel me? Um, But if Alvin Kamara 
doesn't face the Smithson this year, I think I definitely think this whole team is in for a good one. Uh, and I think we should go for it all. I not I think first of all, some teams I think everybody think everybody should go for it all. But some teams just know they just don't have it for whatever reason, whether they're too young, they don't have the talent, uh, they don't have the coaches, they don't have the re- whatever whatever the reason, whatever the reason, every it's not going ever it's not going to work out like that for everybody. There's a few teams who trying to do it right now. You've seen the Rams say they don't give a damn about no picks. They trying to win it this year. They'll deal with next year and five years from now when that happens. Uh, you look at how the Saints was doing it, you know what I'm saying, all those years with Drew Brees, kicking the can down the road with the salary cap. Uh, and to keep, to keep it real, the day, the day of doom was supposed to come, and them days they came and went with the wizard, Mickey Loomis up there. Uh, but I will say this, you got to some teams that just know they just, they just average. That's the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? That's stuck in that middle. They just average. They not. They not bad enough to really get like the top of the top picks, but they not good enough. You know what I'm saying to actually win it all. So you just stuck in that mediocre, uh, that mediocre spot. I guess teams like that. Uh, then you got other teams that's just like one player away from winning it all. And they're going to try to go all in and get that player and win it. Then you got the other teams that just straight out trash, been trash. They really ain't got no expectations. <laughs> they go out saying they're going to try to win the Super Bowl. Then the first game come and then reality hits them. Uh, I think the team, had, I think the Saints have that team to go all in. I think we have the defense to do it. We had the defense to do it last year. I think, man... The RA, it just it just wasn't in the, it wasn't in the cards for us to do it, man. Everything happening from the players, we playing practice squad players half the season. Um, Sean Payton getting COVID and semi trying to sneak out the back door on us, and man, all kinds of stuff, man. Uh, through it all, we still had a winning season, even though uh, we didn't make it to the playoffs. I hate when people try to label the Saints. Oh, they was a bad team. We was not a bad team. We did not finish with a losing record. We won nine games. We lost eight. Nine is more than eight. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. That's a, that's not a losing season. Um, because who that was? Was that the Rams? Was that the Rams or the Cowboys? Or the 49ers? I forget. The 49ers ended up screwing us in the end. To make a long story short. Uh... Yeah, that's how the Saints didn't get in it. But we did all of that with four or five different quarterbacks, uh, practice squad, people playing. And yeah, so I think this year is going to be a special year for mo- on multiple fronts. We're going to prove a lot of people wrong. And the Saints definitely going to prove me here at the gridiron right. You know what I'm saying? Saying, uh, speaking of, I want to touch on one more thing before we get on up out of here. You know, Sean Payton just sitting there now at first I'm gonna keep it real while we that's that's what we do here at the gridiron you feel me at first my thoughts were if he just wanted to retire just walk off to the sunset spend time with his family play golf go fishing whatever it is you do and you retire cool but if you trying to like do some backdoor stuff like Nick Saban did. Oh, I'm about to retire. Or I ain't going nowhere, this and that. Next thing you know, we find you over here with the Dolphins. Oh, no. No, no. Everything you done done to that point kind of tainted in a way. It's tainted in a way, if you think about it. And we still, I mean, we gonna appreciate you, but we look at you different. Look at Nick Saban. Won us a championship at LSU, but after he did what he did, you know what I'm saying? By going, ironically enough, going to the Dolphins, if y'all remember from LSU, uh, the Dolphins always in some shit. They always got their hands in something. 
I'm starting not to like Dolphins. The Dolphins tried to steal Drew Brees from us with Nick Saban, ironically. See how that worked out? It's karma. But anyway, back to the story. Uh, Nick Saban came back with the went to Alabama. We can't stand Nick Saban now. He the one us a champion. We try to beat him. Hey, if you ask any LSU fan, look. If y'all can stomp any team out, if y'all had to lose all the games, if y'all just had to win one game for the next five years, you know what I'm saying? And y'all can pick however, however y'all want to, however y'all wanted to turn out, and when it turned out, where it was, and who saw it. Ask them what game it'd be. Y'all know it'd be Alabama. It would be Alabama, and the score would be one zillion to nothing. To negative a thousand, you feel? How the hell? Yeah, that's what the score would be. You feel me? <laughs> but real talk, man. People can't stand that man. So you just imagine, you know what I'm saying? Not only Sean Payton pulling off a a move like I like that, but you know what I'm saying? There's the feeling like I right, Drew Brees left. Drew Brees then retired. You know. We get we got some players aging and all of that. All of a sudden, he trying to he trying to dip when it, when it seems like it's about to get tough. Man, that's some that's some you know what I'm saying. That ain't cool. You know what I'm saying. People look like that ain't cool. You want to leave when you feel like, all right, you didn't got all you can get from us. Now you trying to move on to another team and build something up over there. You know what I'm saying. Instead of over here, when the team that you, you know what I'm saying, the team and the franchise, the city. Which you 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 said you was committed to, uh, but it's all good, you know what I'm saying. But just imagine the animosity, you know what I'm saying. Who that nation are gonna have towards this man if he lay up there and try to come back to the Cowboys? First of all, man, I done already said my feelings towards that. You know what I'm saying. Let them go to let them go to the Cowboys, man. They gonna suffer. You know, now I do believe he'll be able to win the division over there in the NFC East because the division over there really, really trash. But I mean, if you look at, think about it. Let's sit back and think about it. Had Sean Payton really just sat back with the Saints? You know, you look at the division. Tom Brady probably about to retire after this year. So who what we don't even know what Tampa Bay quarterback situation gonna be moving forward. You look at Atlanta, I right, they think about starting Ritter, Mariota, I right, mm, neither one of them scare me. Um, Carolina got Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Really? I'm gonna keep it real. You know what I'm saying? I think the NFC quarterback situation gonna be a little better than. Uh, the NFC East quarterback situation going to be a little better than the NFC South situation moving forward. I believe James Winston is going to be the best quarterback moving forward. So, uh, the man trying to do some back-of-the-bus stuff, and if for whatever reason he do try to ease over the, by uh, the Cowboys, you think I don't like the Cowboys? now, man, look, listen. I'm about to love them people. What easy e say? You know what I'm saying? We get paid either way. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Because I know they about to, hey, look, the cover about to be bare. They can't pay all of them people. To, it's, hey, the time about to come due. Mike about to need his contract. CD Lamb about to be due at the end of the year. Um, Stefan Diggs about to be wanting his bread. You feel me? All of these draft picks about to be wanting their bread, man. So, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, it's, it's a possibility he's going to have to get take a pay cut to get his stuff re- So, the, the, the Cowboys already a mediocre team. I'm predicting the next couple of years they're about to be even more trash. So, go ahead, Sean Payton. Go ahead. That's what you want. Just just after we get all of the all of their first-round picks that we can possibly get, uh, all I ask, all I ask is for us to, for us to get scheduled to play them for them to, for four years straight. Let us play the Cowboys for four years straight, man. That's all I ask. Uh, we'll see how that turn out. 
man, listen, we're going to take a little break, come back. We're going to talk a little Pelicans basketball for a little second, not too long. Uh, Don't go nowhere. Stay tuned. Yo, welcome back, welcome back. Man, I've been sitting back thinking, thinking about this Pelican team, man. Look, listen, I got the ultimate trade proposal for the Brooklyn Nets for Kevin Durant. I said I wouldn't do this, but this is probably about one of the only moves that I personally would do. And I'm hesitant to do it because it involves giving away a player I really wouldn't want to give away, but check it out. We're going to start it off with, I would offer up C.J. McCullough. I will offer C.J. McCullough, Jackson Hayes, um, and Herb Jones. The Lakers' first-round pick and Milwaukee's first-round pick. Uh, and that's what that's what, hey look I, I give you that and we get Kevin Durant back and the Pelicans have a starting lineup of pull up I'm sorry I, I left a person out I, I left I left one a person out we can give them the point guard that we drafted the point guard slash small four that we drafted this year in the first round we can throw him in there too um now we can have a starting we can have a starting lineup of Jose Alvarado at the one, Brandon Ingram at the two, Kevin Durant at the three, Zion at the four, and Jonas Valentunas at the five. Coming off the bench, we got Trey Murphy. Trigger. <laughs> we got we got Trigger Trey coming off the bench. Uh we still got Kyra Lewis uh, at the point, and then we got we still got Hernan, uh, Willie Hernandez uh, at the three, and so we still got we still got solid options. I think I think we definitely would be a really good team. I just hate I would hate to give away um, CJ McCollum, but that's about all really. The only other thing maybe I would swap out is maybe Trey Murphy for uh, Herb Jones, but I know shooting shooting is a premium in the NBA, and that's something Trey Murphy does at a really high level. So uh, trading him wouldn't be that advisable. Uh, and the only other thing is that you know when you giving away something like that, this is what I know. This is why I wouldn't want to give away C.J. McCullum. C.J. McCullum has expressed that this is where he wants to be. This is where he wants to stay. And this is where he desires to retire. So has Brandon Ingram. You see what I'm saying? That's all they have mentioned. And that's what they that that's what Brandon Ingram did when he had the chance. Zion too, but I mean, that's... Zion, we'll see how that turned out with Zion in a few years. So guys like that, you really don't want to, you know what I'm saying, turn your back on them, especially when they go out and perform. And I think the team, you know what I'm saying, is pretty good how it already is, but one has the knowledge adding Kevin Durant to that team can't hurt. I mean, it can hurt the chemistry. <laughs> it can hurt this chemistry and how he is with the young guys, but can't hurt. You feel me? But with that being said, man, look, that's all we got. I want to remind you guys, you know what I'm saying, to go check us out on Instagram at The Real Gridiron. You know what I'm saying? If you haven't done so already, make sure you guys subscribe. You go like, you know what I'm saying, us, wherever you get your podcast, whether that's on Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, whatever man we everywhere man and i want to thank you guys again for your support of the show you know what i'm saying we'll be back same time same place
Tune in. Peace, Jay.